Hello, strangers, and welcome to the Strange Horizons podcast for July 30th, 2018. I'm your host and fearless leader, Anaya Lay. This episode is one of six coming to you as part of our Southeastern USA Person of Color special issue. This story is Strange Mercy, written by Christopher R. Alonso and read by Dora Arriola. Christopher R. Alonso was born in Miami, Florida, to a Cuban family. He is a graduate of the Neo MFA program, and his work has appeared in the Miami Rail and Fireside Fiction. He is at work on a novel. Find him on Twitter, at Chris R. Alonso. Dora Areola is the Artistic Director of Mujeres en Ritual Danza Teatro. She has more than 25 years of professional experience as a theater and dance artist. She is currently an Associate Professor in the School of Theater and Dance at the University of South Florida. She founded the company Mujeres en Ritual in 1999 and has worked as a performer, teacher, director, and movement specialist in Mexico, the United States, Nicaragua, Canada, Poland, and India. She received her MFA in directing from the University of Massachusetts Amherst in 2009. Areola has directed more than 30 productions, often featured in diverse international festivals. She choreographed and performed Versali Icones at Judson Church in New York City, La Urdimbre at La Mama Etcera, Ananya Dance Theater's Doc at the Southern Theater in Minneapolis, and co-created, directed, and performed in Fronteras Desviradas, Deviant Borders, which toured in Mexico, USA, Nicaragua, and Canada. Ariola has taught workshops and masterclasses at various universities and cultural institutions, including the Grotowski Institute, Poland, Arizona State University, University of Massachusetts, University of Minnesota, California State University, San Marcos, California, and Center for the Arts, She has received grants and commissions from the Ford Foundation, Cultural Contact, U.S.-Mexico Fund for Culture, Fidei Comiso para la Cultura de México y Estados Unidos, the National Performance Network, and more. Now, settle in. Let's begin. Strange Mercy by Christopher Alonso. Every day, at a las tres de la tarde, we remember Lola. We remember the woman they told us to forget. They will tell you different stories depending on who you ask. It is always the men. Este say this, el otro say that. But we don't believe them because we know she died. We all know how she died. One story goes that Lola was a beautiful woman who married a wealthy man. She had an affair with another wealthy man, and her husband found out and killed her in a jealous rage. Another story goes that she worked at a hidden brothel. The story goes that she took multiple lovers 
and one man got so attached that he wanted no one else to have her. So he killed her. But we know that no matter how the story is told, the end is the same. Lola was murdered by the man who said he loved her. In every story about a woman, it is always a man who says she's beautiful. This is the first thing most people remember. Both these stories are true and not true. We know that. It is what we choose to remember that sets a story apart. Yes, Lola was married. And yes, Lola needed to find a way to feed herself. And yes, Lola was murdered. But there is so much more to it than that. This much is true. We gather every day to remember. We gather every day to keep her alive. Then we decide to bring her back to life. Claro. We do this in secret because we don't want others to find out. There is a hesitation. It has been seven years since we've seen her. And we want her back because we want to feel safe again, knowing that she's caring for us. We want the woman that meant so much to us, who was robbed of so much. We warp the silky molds. We shape them into long ivory things like moonbeams in our hands, like sunrise peeking behind clouds like that. We keep them away from the fires. We don't want the things to melt and come undone. We need them here with us. These silky things will burn with what we feel. We want to lie them and offer them to her, to our mother, our sister, our caretaker, who's no longer here. She took us in from the streets. We were dirty and tired and hungry. At first, Lola would visit us. Sometimes she'd bring us food and clean water. Just bread was enough to satisfy us. And we savored every bite of the soft, flaky loves. She came into the bad parts of town. She was one of the few with shoes on. But when she noticed that we had none, she took them off and she walked barefoot por las calles. Then she'd remember her life from before the time she'd lived in the brothel. We knew that was not something Lola liked to talk about, but she told us anyway. Lola said she had men flock to her. Most of them were not there for sex. Some of went to listen to her tell a story. Some went to have her embrace them. Some went to feel something of what they might have called love. We know better 
Lola loved us in a way we had not known. So, claro, que we want her back. We want to feel her with us again, to smile the smiles we once did when she walked with us. We wait for a night of the half moon, a waxy moon, because the moon grows full, and so will our lives when she returns. We are all witches in our own right. We all want something, and we will do what is necessary to get it even if no one understands us, even if we are condemned. Isn't this exactly what wishes are? We are already condemned by everyone else in the town for leading the lives we live in order to survive. Some of us reminisce on the past during our walk to the sea. Some of us talk about our memories with Lola. She brought a mother pastelitos and taught her to make them for her family. Then Lola returned three days later and taught more of us. She showed a boy how to sew buttons and fix the seams of his clothes so he could help his brothers and sisters look more presentable as they told their wares on the streets. For those of us who had no other option but our bodies to war with, Lola taught us how to protect ourselves from unwanted pregnancies. She taught us how to make a mixture of sour milk, honey, and parts of crushed plants to put inside ourselves in preparation for the more violent and forgiving men. Because they are and always will be violent and forgiving men. Unlike what the doctors always told us, Lola said the mixture should be applied before and not after sex in order to help prevent pregnancies. For the new mothers, Lola used her husband's money to buy a Savage bracelet for their babies because she thought that every little bit helped. Every good thought put into action is worth something no matter how small. We arrive at the sea. The waves and water under the ground and the rush of it all. It is three in the morning. We believe the lack of prayers at the time will allow our to be heard. We bring our candles and burn the tops of their heads. We think of Lola. The soft, waxy shapes tingle our fingers with warmth. Their drippings fall onto our skin taking our gristless and cracks and lines of life and love. Our hands join together in eternal supplication. Then we break from the molds and wax. Watch the flakes fall into the still water. We think Jemaya will accept these prayers or maybe la Virgen de la Caridad del Cobre 
we don't know, but it gives us, us comfort. The water hugs us, waist deep, like children. And in some way, we were children of Lola. Lola who clothed and fed us, who taught us to read and write. Our words are heavy on our tongues, mouthfuls of honey and coconut milk. Smoke rises around us. Some of us smoke to feel calm, to empty our heads and make our thoughts freer. We don't stop them if ill help, porque we'll allow anything to bring her back to us. We pray to our God and gods and spirits and ancestors. We pray to Lola, for Lola. We pray for intercession. The candle wax burns our skin, but we endure. This is a small discomfort to bear, and we accept it if it'll bring Lola back to us. Those of us without candles leave things for her in the shore and let the tides pull them. El frutero leaves mangoes in the break. The cigar roller sprinkles dry tobacco leaves. The children toss flowers into the water, roses white and full. Javiscus soft and pink. Gardenias fragrant and strong. Lola always likes flowers. These are her favorites. Then it happens. No flourish. No explosion of petals and sea foam. She is there. In the no distant shallows. Walking toward us. Her heavy dress soaked through from our flickering candlelight. We see her, skin shimmering with moonlight, and her cheeks are damp and sallow, eyes like dark holes in the earth, waiting to be given seeds that chill no church. Mis niños, she says, we drop the candles into the water and wade into the foam. We cry, we pray, we trish out to her, climbing and stretching over each other as if to receive benediction. We are enriched and full just by being in her presence. Lola follows us up to the sun, through the thicket of palm trees and into the town where we flowed toward the streets we've known since we were born. Buildings once white are gray with dust and ash, paint ships off in gigant flakes. We find new cracks up the walls where there were not before. On any other day, this will worry us that a building will topple. But that doesn't matter now. We have Lola. We have our mother, our sister, our saint. She towers above us. She holds our children's hands. 
we surround her in our hollow of our own, and she accepts us like she always has, like we know she always will. We take her to our homes and show her that we have survived through everything she taught us. She smiles, teeth like starlight. You've done so well, she says, todos. From a stash of laundry, we draw a clean nightdress for her so that she does not sleep with her wet clothes. It is real fabric, as real as the lines on our palms. We grow tired. The night has taken so much, but now it has brought us something in return for our suffering. Most of us return to our homes. A few stay awake to keep watch over Lola. We need to take care of her the way she did for us. We are afraid that when the morning comes, she'll be gone. And then, what do we do? Morning does come, and Lola is there, sleeping on a mattress in the middle of what we'll consider a living room. We think of how we've never seen such a beautiful sight, our first in a long time. The sun creeps through the cracks in the windows, and between the broken slats of the shades, making crosses of light on her skin. We get to work preparing breakfast, tostadas and café and fired eggs with slices of ham and fruit cut in slivers. With the little money we have, we send the children out to the streets to buy flowers. In the center of the room, I stirring, and we know Lola has awoken. We bring her a plate piled high with food, a glass of water, another of juice, and a cup of cafe. Whispers travel through the windows and streets, and we pour into the room. Lola is surrounded by us. The children sit closest to her. Looking at the woman they had only heard stories of, they ask if she is their other mother. She is everyone's mother, we say to them, and sister, and daughter, and aunt, and cousin, we echo. Lola takes a few bites of the food we've prepared. Please. She says, share this with each other. You all need it more than I do. How like her? Of course, she will put our needs before hers. Like Lola told us, we share our food and eat. We thank her for this. We relish every bite. The grease from the ham the sticky sweet of the mangoes. 
we lick our fingers clean and whip the corners of our mouths with our tongues. When the morning sun rises, three days later, she says, please take me to his house. Her husband, we have not forgotten about him and what he did. We refuse to think about it, but there is no way to separate him and Lola. She is and she's not because of him, but she's here because of us. And we decide that is what matters. Outside, the morning unfolds in front of us. Humidity steams of the ground, rising in pillars where cracks of light spill from the sky. Butterflies and zoom-zooms sweep through flowers. Their jeweled wings slick with dew. We lead Lola, but we know she knows the way. Today we've told the children to stay home, but we know that will not happen. They will follow us, and we will let them. Growing up where they have, there are few truths that will scar them. Villagers around us wake to church bells. They sweep their storefronts along El Prado until they see us with Lola standing in the center of it all. We don't pay attention to them. Together, we were collective sinners, trash, rotten. With Lola, we are strong. We believe in her. And she believes in us. And this is why we march. We see the house at the edge of the town. A road lined with bougainvilleas. From the sea we can smell the clouds coming. That man's house rises tall and white. Its windows open to the smell of gardenias and sea spray. Gardeners tend the lawn, trimming flowers and shrubs. Across the sky, a flock of flamingos cuts through, pink and burning, a gash of feathers. Lola stops at the edge of the home. She wants new and looks at the sky. She breathes the air, and the wind encircles her. We stay as close as we can because we don't want her to fly away. She's been taken from us before. Watching her, we breathe deep like she does and try to make out something other than the coming storm. She walks toward the house. We part like a curtain for the light and let her pass ahead of us. We follow behind her. 
some of us smoking cheap cigars, some of us holding each other, our arms seeking warmth. She crosses the edge and stands. We follow. We will always follow her, one by one. The gardeners look up from their work. One of them drops his machete. He recognizes her. They all do. Lola wears a face as blank as the moon and as steady as the tides. We feel that. If she wanted to do, she could disappear into the sky at any moment. We see him from the window, smoking a pipe. He does not see us. He does not see the woman he murdered. There is something I need you to do for me, says Lola. The air hums and buzzes, and we wait for her words. Burn it. We never thought she would ask something like this of us. We are not prepared. Then someone begins ripping the wooden floorboards from the porch. At once, we are upon the house, collecting as much dry material as we can. We work in a fury of sweet and fingernails and zeal. We make fire and feed it. The gardeners are nowhere to be found. Smoke rises. The door bursts open. And there he is, older than we remember, but recognizable. Combed hair, a plain white shirt tucked into his pants. Bigger belly than before. Un cualquiera. How could anyone dressed like that murder someone? He sees Lola, and his face turns to ash. We are waiting for him with crude torch in the gardener's tools. Here, in front of us, is the reason Lola was no longer in this world. Lola stands in between us and him. The fire grows and begins to take the furniture inside. The curtains at the windows, the rugs on the floor. Smoke thickens makes our eyes water. From the sea, a breeze kisses the fire and gives it strength. It grows now. It is everywhere. The man tries to run, but we grab him and push him into the fire. 
This is what he deserves. Claro que sí. How we must look to him. Faces smeared with soot and dirt. How we have suffered and prayed and suffered again. The house collapses, slow like a baby teeth. We stand next to Lola and watch the wind take the flames into the sky. Then we look at our hands, llenas de tierra. Lola takes them in hers, and the rain washes over our faces. Welcome back. Dora gave us a wonderfully intense reading of this delightfully evocative tale. Obviously, there's a great deal of satisfaction in a revenge narrative like this one, but what really stays with me about this story is how the process of resurrection and revenge isn't just about righting a wrong or repaying a debt. It's the culmination of the growth and maturation of these women. Before her murder, Lola was the caretaker, but by the end of the story, they've come into their own and demonstrate that they're ready to take care of her, even when it means uh, delivering a little bit of good old-fashioned revenge. Then again, I'm always a fan of demonstrating affection through acts of restorative violence, so take that as you will. What caught your attention about this story? Take yourself to Twitter or email or wherever it is that you talk about fiction and let us know. While you're at it, make sure to check out the rest of this week's content. There is a lot, and as I mentioned at the beginning, there are five other stories for you to check out. One last note before you go. Strange Horizons is an entirely volunteer organization, supported by donations from our fans and community. If you would like to support us, check out the donate link on our website. That's all for this week. Until next time, stay strange.